Welcome to OpenBox. OpenBox aims at bringing an easier understanding to open problems that are there in the space of AI and ML and help in finding solutions. It is also extending beyond a traditional spectrum of AI and ML to areas of RL. And uh, I interview researchers, practitioners who have published works on such open problems to gain understanding from them in a simplified manner about these open problems and then convert that into a podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and AI ethics researcher. I am the host of this podcast. Ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. Here we uh, go with open box to bring clarity for those curious minds looking to solve real world problems. The project is done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity is a 501 nonprofit dedicated to minimizing downside risks of AI and autonomous systems. For Humanity develops criteria for independent audit of AI systems. If you want to know more information, I'll provide link to For Humanity in the description. You may want to look up on them. Today we have with us Raghu. Raghu is a PhD student at the Machine Learning Group at the University of Freiburg. He is working under the supervision of Frank Hutter. He is working on AutoRL. His master thesis was on reinforcement learning. Artificial general intelligence is an area of interest for him in the long term. He's also exploring dynamic algorithm configuration, whereby one tries to control hyperparameters or modulate them dynamically. We're going to be covering a paper titled Automated Reinforcement Learning, a Survey and Open Problems, which got published last month, which he co-authored. And we're going to learn more about the open issues that he has mentioned in his paper. Raghu, welcome to the show. Hi, Sundar. Thanks a lot for the introduction. Super. Raghu, just, uh, let's just start off with this, I think, uh, to, to bring in familiarity for audience to understand the, the space that you're actually speaking about, would it be possible for you to give a brief overview of the spectrum of AutoRL and why AutoRL so that it becomes a good starting point for us to discuss the other open issues? Yeah, so AutoRL, as the name suggests, it's like automated reinforcement learning. And we have had like automated machine learning techniques to help, let's say, novice users be able to use machine learning approaches out of the box so that they don't have to have any expert knowledge. So the listeners might know that many machine learning or deep learning algorithms like neural networks have associated hyperparameters. For example, a common one is learning rate, but they have others as well, such as choice of optimizer, choice of activation functions. And these things, a domain expert knows how to tune them or has an idea of where to tune them. But a novice person would have no idea what values to give these things. And even for a domain expert, it becomes hard sometimes. So this so auto ML has shown like great success in automating the approach and bringing machine learning to the masses. And now we want to do the same thing for reinforcement learning. So we try to apply automated machine learning techniques to reinforcement learning. But it's not just that because reinforcement learning is much more complicated than just normal machine learning or supervised learning. Because in reinforcement learning, what you're learning is like not a stationary distribution. It keeps moving. And so we, we need to be able to overcome these additional challenges for auto RL and try to design approaches which are specific to auto RL and not just blindly applying auto ML to RL. 
Yeah, that's a very helpful introduction. So when we are actually saying that we need to have a newer approaches, which are refined approaches for auto RL, um, I, you've also mentioned in your paper, there are multiple methods that are there and you seem to have highlighted the kind of open issues that are there in each of those. Let's probably get to each of those. But before that, just wanted to check in auto RL, what is the primary focus point of research at this point in time across across geographies and what is your focus area at this point in time yeah so primary focus i would say is to reduce the huge cost of automated reinforcement learning so how to reduce it is trying to use so these population-based approaches should i explain them a bit more yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah so there are these uh, approaches which are currently pretty big, which are called population-based training-like approaches, where we have like many members of a population which are being trained, and all of these are somewhat similar, and you kind of tune all of these members together, and then you take the top-performing ones and move them further. So I would say PBT-like approaches, and, and they are they perform like dynamic tuning. They, they are pretty big in RL right now. And that is one focus area and trying to reduce the cost of PBT was done by my co-author Jack in his paper PB2, where they combined population-based training with a model of where to look for hyperparameters. And then the one of the other focus points I would say is environment design. So an environment design has like many aspects, as you can see in the paper, it's like the biggest section. And currently the environments themselves are pretty expensive and that makes the training expensive as well. So trying to get environments which are cheaper and let's say let you perform some kind of auto RL on them that we could transfer to more expensive environments. That is another important focus right now, I would say. And complementary or orthogonal to these approaches, there are also like engines like X, which try to speed up the simulation so that the overall approach can become faster. But but yeah, I would say currently the huge cost is trying to reduce it in different ways is the main focus. Perfect. Awesome. With that, let's probably get on to the, the, the kind of methods that you mentioned for our auto RL and the open problems that you mentioned. Let's start with some of the mentioned, some of the aspects that you mentioned with regard to the method specific open issues that we have seen that you've compiled. So can we start with the, one of them? The first one you mentioned was random grid search approaches. Could you please explain about that and then give a perspective of how it actually impacts? So. Shall I give some kind of intro to random and grid search? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so grid, grid search is basically you have all these hyperparameters. They're all continuous and you divide that continuous line into multiple points and you just use all the hyperparameters along these lines and it, it becomes like a grid if it's two dimensional or multi-dimensional grid and each dimension has, let's say X values. So if there are n dimensions, we, you get x to the power of n configurations to evaluate, which becomes very expensive because let's say some of these hyperparameters, they are not important and you do not need to test each and every value of theirs. So generally in AutoML, we prefer 
random search over grid search which just randomly picks points so what happens in this is if there was an unimportant hyperparameter you don't sample multiple values i mean you sample multiple values for it but they are not important so they don't contribute but you sample many more values for important hyperparameters than you would have done in a grid search in grid search you would just have x values but here you would have x to the power n values if you took equal amount of configurations so that is basically random search and these two approaches so grid search is the most common approach unfortunately in reinforcement learning apart from manual search which is which can be even worse so the the problem with these approaches is they have no model of where to look for the next hyperparameter configuration they are either random or some pre-picked grid points which maybe was designed by a human who had some prior knowledge that might be helpful but apart from that yeah they have no prior knowledge of where to look for hyperparameters they do not build a model of let's say hyperparameter to algorithm performance so they are naive approaches and they tend to waste a lot of compute a small advantage of grid search i would say is for analyzing hyperparameters it's sometimes useful that you can plot the performances on this grid and see how it varies like the color of the loss surface and that might be useful but yeah in terms of reducing costs it's it's not really useful yeah so one of the things that i've learned uh, through my research is also that when we are actually speaking about tuning or looking at hyperparameters specifically they are all focused on relevance in that sense relevance of hyperparameter relevance of context in that sense but this relevance are all tied to performance metrics uh, what impacts the performance metrics or otherwise i've always seen that the considerations for metrics associated with ethics are increasingly becoming important at least in ml where a choice of a choice of parameter or even a choice of deciding what parameter is relevant the ethics related metrics whether it is bias metrics or or accountability metrics that we are speaking about are becoming more and more relevant are you seeing something like that that is emerging in the space of auto rl <clears throat> so yeah in auto rl i really haven't seen any researchers trying to balance bias or trying to improve let's say the ethical aspects there is probably work out there i mean i get all these alerts from google scholar for reinforcement learning being applied all over the place so i probably missed some work but yeah to the best of my knowledge ethics in reinforcement learning and specifically in automated reinforcement learning we haven't even tried to let's say add some fairness metric to the objective and try to try to help improve it our group is now looking into doing some auto ml and fairness like trying to add fairness metrics to the objectives and working in collaboration with ex domain experts who are ethics researchers and taking their help as to how we should mathematically define this but yeah that that is still in its infancy and our group is trying to come up with a benchmark for this but yeah regarding auto rl i would say i'm not aware yeah. of anything 
I understand. I understand. The second point that you had actually mentioned in your paper about was relating to Bayesian optimization. Could you just give a brief on the open issue associated with Bayesian optimization and how you're seeing it in this context? So Bayesian optimization, as opposed to random and grid searches, is model-based. So, and especially BO-based approaches are really good in AutoML, and they they build a model of the input is the hyperparameter configuration, and the output is how well it, the algorithm would perform. Just as for simplification, I mean, there are other approaches doing something a bit different, but basically it's this, and it looks uh, and they use things called acquisition function which let you trade off exploration and exploitation and exploration is like you want to try out new configurations and exploitation is trying to be close to the configurations which are good so far so bayesian optimization trades it off by giving let's say a reward to kind of take to pick hyperparameter configurations that are either close to good ones so far or are in a region where we have not seen any hyperparameter so far. And once it picks something in, let's say, a region which is unknown and it finds a well, very well-performing configuration there, then its uncertainty there becomes less and it would try to exploit that region more and more. And BO-based approaches are like amazing in AutoML, auto but let's say the drawback with BO-based approaches, one of the drawbacks is that they are static and another drawback is they are sequential. So uh, you need to, so unlike population-based training, which I just mentioned, which trains many agents in parallel, BO-based approach will, or the prototypical BO-based approach will train one thing, see the configuration, may build its knowledge, and then sample the next configuration and the next configuration and so on. To, to improve this, we do have approaches, for example, Bob from our group, which combines BO-based approaches with some approaches from the previous section that I mentioned, like hyperband, where you train many configurations in parallel and only some of them which are well-performing, you train them for longer. So these are called multi-fidelity approaches. So there exists already approaches like Bob, which have been applied to a few RL problems, but not extensively. I mean, the main important problem that they were applied to is also from our group for learning RNA design. But really, these approaches haven't been developed that much. And we want dynamic tuning also to be integrated with BO. And cu currently, there are not many approaches there either. There is that approach which I mentioned from my co-author, Jack, PB2, which does dynamically sample so it kind of combines population-based training with bo and it samples dynamically some parameters but but i mean it's just one work and we need to see a lo lot more work uh, to realize where we really are at in the in the area Absolutely. I think uh, this this makes me feel that uh, it's 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 so emerging kind of an area where a lot of these open problems have a lot of research potential and either currently being explored or in the stages of maturity. And all of those will prove valuable for for this 
space to move forward and specifically in terms of how to reduce the time and cost and resources associated with specifically this has been very very interesting discussing with you and this with this we will end our first part and we'll focus on the other part other aspects that you mentioned in the paper in the subsequent parts thanks a lot for joining in and providing your insight uh, on this thank you for having me